We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, happy Tuesday. The Honor Boys are back in the building. Sean Davis at SD2 Mike's, the original lucky lefty himself at Malik Zaire. Eight. We are brought to you by Honor Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And it's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You've got to do it responsibly. Left, you know, we love, love tapping in with LL Nation during the show. The chat is always lit. Conversations are sometimes over the top, but funny nonetheless. But we enjoy tapping in with LL Nation after the show with their comments on our YouTube channel. Go subscribe right now. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Make sure you hit the notification bell. Every time we go live, every time we post something, you'll know. And then smash the like button for us, right? Don't just watch us. Let us know you like what we're saying. Let us know you have your own opinion. Leave a comment. It's the home of the misguided passion. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. That's what we do. Left. It's funny because some of the comments came in after yesterday's show. By the way, thank you all so much, man. Like Friday's show might have been one of the favorites of a lot of our fans, listeners, and followers left because they didn't know if I was being serious with the bit, with the whole apology bit. They didn't know if I was really coming down hard on you. They didn't know if we were just having fun. But it was, like, enjoyable. Everyone, like, dude, so many people are sending comments like, Malik, you're good, bro. No apologies needed. We still love you. I'm like, oh, they love Lee. But it was something, dude, the best part that I think kind of slid in that people really didn't talk about <laughs> is – when you said pretty much I was lied to on my hospital bed. I was like, in the midst of everything, like that went over everyone's head. I was like, that yeah, it's just, is the key part. It's just a really emotional thing to be able to lie to a kid at his weakest moment. Yeah. But I'm, it's a crazy experience being in a in a college football experience of those stakes is kind of like the tv shows almost man because you just you're so invested into it and then like little things that happen you know can change trajectory of things so it's definitely worth the experience if it was like a ride at uh six flags or something i would be going on it a lot let me tell you something i got drunk vigo is is wild he said he has no problem lying to kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think when you get to a certain age, you probably don't. You know what I mean? I think it just kind of like, I don't know. I think as you get older, you just think about things differently. At what point does the truth, I'm talking about the truth, truth come into play with your kids, right? Because you kind of shield them from things as they're growing up. And then around 11, 12, life kind of forces you or puts you in a position to have to be kind of transparent. Yeah. It's almost like you got to always try to get one over on your kids until they learn the game. And then you'd be like, see, I told you. And then they figure out that, you know, I think it's like one of those things where you kind of got to reverse psychology because uh, you just can't. You would be upset as a parent, I feel like, if you didn't teach them something that they got got on. You know what the crazy That's thing crazy. is, love? <laughs> and I remember when my mom told me this. She said, I'm telling you now, 
your daughter is going to have a list of things <laughs> that you guys didn't do as parents. <laughs> she said, just like you have a list, she's going to have a list. And I'm like, dang, <laughs> I thought I did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then one time, dude, it's like, we're like 19. No, before that, my daughter's like six, right? And my daughter was like my ride or die left. Like she went everywhere. She went everywhere with me. Right. Like she's in the back bobbing her head to hip hop. She was my ride or die. Yeah. You know, if I went to the driving range, she had her little Snoopy set, a yeah. golf club. Like that was, that was, that was my ride or die, right? My first. She comes in the room and uh, she's like, man, she's crying a little bit. And she's telling me about her arm and how she hurt her arm. And I'm like, man, I'm like, baby girl, you gonna be all right, baby. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Straight. Hit hit on the butt. It's like, you okay? She goes downstairs. She comes back 10 minutes later. And this is when I knew things had started to change. <laughs> she walked up to me. She said, Daddy, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. She said, I think I feel like you ignored me when I came here the last <laughs> time and told you my arm was hurting. Dude, I cut the TV off. I said, what? <laughs> she said, I felt like you ignored my feelings when I told you my arm was hurting. And I said, I'm so sorry. That's when I said, oh, this now she's not my ride or die anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She, yeah, she, she, she learned. She's more of like her mom right now. <laughs> it started. It started to happen. It started yeah. to happen. He's I'm like, like oh man, talk to your mom before you came back. <laughs> she, she did. <laughs> she went downstairs and she told her mom, like, I didn't. Daddy didn't. Daddy didn't do this. Daddy didn't do that. And my wife said, well, go tell him. Yeah, go tell him. Go tell him how you feel. I said, oh, man. Now I got two against me. Now I got two against me in the house. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, in that moment, and the what we want to because what we talked about yesterday was, man, our main topic after the show in our comments, because a lot of people felt like, you know, ultimately, you're right. We're all fans in this thing together and a lot of times when you're a fan of anyone any team you can take yourself serious you can take your fandom a little bit too serious right it's almost like the lebronettes out there you know now you say anything about lebron boy they whoo they're going to protective mode that's right this man it's ridiculous. And uh, I think that's the question today. Like, do you think Notre Dame fans take them take their fandom too seriously? Do you, like, do you, do you think so? I asked you a question before we start the show. What you doing? You over there mixing and scratching records, dog? Sorry. I didn't. I don't. You over there getting your DJ premiere on. Is it? He, oh, I didn't know. I, I was. I didn't know. I was like wiping something off of the thing. I didn't know you was here. 
I was wondering so <laughs> you can hear it. I'm, you know, these speakers be so small, it's like they hear the littlest things. Like, who? My bad. <laughs> I like can't take yourself too seriously, I guess. <laughs> this is why we are the best, bro. <laughs> Like literally, the speakers are so small, you don't be thinking that. <laughs> but I do think the fans that take it too seriously are the ones that don't believe in in things that it takes to be better. Like if they're stuck on a particular year that we were successful in a way that they really liked it, they think that's the blueprint in the in the in the present year when we have a ton of things that we need to fix that they don't think is the issue, you know? So <laughs> I do believe that some fans can be delusional in that aspect, like Cowboy fans. Cowboy fans are the most delusional because they haven't won in so long that every year they think they're right there. I think it's different than a Browns fan. I think we would be better suited if we behave like Browns fans, that we're there because we love the fact that we're the Browns or we're Notre Dame. Now, whether we win or lose, it's like we take pride in either one. Mm. But don't let us win. That's the best part of a Yeah, that's true. Man. <laughs> it's like you can you can talk all the crap you want about us. We get it because we are we, – we, we know our issues. We ain't had a quarterback in so long, you know. We – going through all the turmoil that we do as a Cleveland Browns fan. But don't let us win the division. Because it's dog fouled all day. <laughs> dog mask. Oh, being man. sold to everybody. It's going to be the worst for you. That's I think that's how we should be as a fan. Because at the same time, we're going to, just like how they do Justin Fields in Chicago, we're going to tell you what you need to be better at. Because we know we we hurting in areas. That's why we be booing half the time. But you're going to have a packed stadium. But in, in, in the case that we turn it around and win, oh, yeah, we right there. Now, Cowboys fans, which I think that we have some as Notre Dame fans, it's like we're, we're like front runners. It's like even when they can be undefeated, but they steal the Cowboys. So when they come to that first round, second round of playoffs, you know what they – but they, the Cowboys fans think, oh, we're going all the way. Mm. Those are the worst fans. Because it's like, no, y'all steal the Cowboys. That's how they talk about us. I know they said, y'all steal Notre Dame. We don't care how good you are. We don't care if you got Will Smith impersonating Marcus Freeman as the head coach. It don't matter. Y'all still winning eight games. That's how they feel about us. But remember when the Browns was coming up? They had Odell Baker. They said they we might actually win one. People actually believe it. Yeah, then they had they when they, they went and got Baker Mayfield and ruined everything. They ruined everything. Exactly. But I think that if we were more like Browns fans instead of Cowboys fans. Other college football people could appreciate us being in big games and in the playoffs because they would they just act like when we get there, it's just 
click the channel because they know what's gonna happen. Yo, that's crazy. Now, should be LL Nation, let us know. Should we be more like Cowboys fans or more like Cleveland Browns fans? You know what I'm saying? See, my my pain is different, right? Because I'm a Bears fan. And so I simply tell people, I simply tell people, we started this. <laughs> we started the NFL. Y'all oh, still, okay. still bumping up to us. Oh, okay. Like George Hallis started this thing. That's right. That's you're talking right. about. We are the NFL. That's about all I got, bro. That's all I got. I got great moments, but y'all don't have great hits. You know, cats are still eating off of 85 in this city. Man, that's tough to be dealing with as a fan. Cass is still eating off of 85 in this city, but yes, as a fan base, I guess, you know, that's what I see on social media, man. A lot of people, they, they take the fandom very seriously, you know, and the fandom really doesn't match. If we just look at things that have happened recently, the fandom doesn't really match with the seriousness of the powers that be as far as support, right? And I asked you a question before we came on. I said, if you hired a comedian to follow you and your family around for a week, and then they did a 30-minute stand-up special on you and your family, would you be able to take it? Like man, so your whole life is open to this comedian. Yeah, I think I think it's I think at the same time it would be good because it, it would allow you to humble yourself through your own situations that you probably need to address. I think the things that you need to address in your own life are funny to other people, especially a comedian that can make it funny. So it just teaches you not to take yourself too seriously. Mm. I think when you take yourself too seriously. And you get like Will Smith, and then you and you and you and you have an outlash like that. You can't control other people's response to that. And at the same time, people are gonna think you can't control yourself. So I think you know, being able to uh be in a situation like that is real interesting. <laughs> so you gotta be able to laugh and roll with the punches because you can't prevent bad things from coming in your way. So if you take it from that perspective, then you know that you can't take nothing too seriously in that aspect. Cause it's like, it's something always gonna happen. But if I just roll with it, I think you get through it a lot easier than being upset about stuff. Even though I think sometimes when people do get upset about it, it makes it funnier. But it just shows if you can roll with it, like those roasts they have. Yeah. Those, those, like Snoop Dogg, you know, Shaq, they they all pretty took it pretty well, you know. Yeah. But you got to if you're going to do something like that where they on stage doing it on TV, you know, going in and they professionals. You know, it's crazy. So, you knew I'm alley-ooping. You know, I'm the, I'm the greatest point guard in podcasts. That's what I do. I throw the oops all right. day. That's right. Not, not only to you, left, but to the fans. That's what keeps the chat lit, our fans. Said all of that to say this. 
nine and four season, that had to be a moment that you laughed at your team this year. Yeah. Losing to Marshall. Hilarious. I can tell you, dude, that last series, offensive series against Stanford, Drew Pine was awful. Oh. He was awful. And I just sat back and said, you know what, dude? You know what? Laughing at laughing at when on cussing cussing Drew out. That was a laughable moment. That's you have to be able to laugh at yourself. You have, to, you have to be able to laugh at yourself to be a good fan. To be I definitely, fan. definitely laughed at Tommy cussing him out. Definitely <laughs> laughed at Tommy cussing him out. Uh I laughed at Al Golden. <laughs> Calling that terrible double safety blitz against Ohio State. Against Ohio State. Gotta laugh. I can just remember just shaking my head like watching yeah. it pre-snap, just like, oh, I, I hope he's not gonna do I hope he's not doing what this. Do. Oh my god. Like, oh, you gotta what an easy way to give a touchdown. Like I think everybody watching and in the stadium was like, oh, this is a layup. So but taking something like that serious could as a as a team could mess you up because it's like, oh, you should have got there, this and that. It's like mm-hmm. that's a terrible call. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like just leave it at that. It's just a terrible ass call. Like, come man, on, man. We need to rebound from that. Once it got to like the fourth block punt, I laughed. <laughs> once once Notre Dame got to like that fourth block punt, I was like, come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Our special teams unit is more explosive than our offense. Exactly. Like, this, this is crazy. They're more efficient than our offense. This is crazy. The Charlie Jones thing we had a, a ball with all season. Look, the Braden Lindsay relief. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. The best content we got. Hey. Uh, well, this is the fastest I've ever felt. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm always gonna feel the most confident in my speed. Um, more than anything, I, I feel uh, most confident in kind of the, my release packages more so now than in the past. Um, I kind of, you know, I want press that plays to my advantage and, you know, being able to be technical at the line and then being able to use my speed. Um, it's a huge advantage to myself. It's not something that I've had in my arsenal as much in the past, whether it be my legs, my arms, whatever the issue is, or whether it be just lack of overall technique. Um, but now, so I, I feel that, you know, playing at the line of scrimmage with the DB plays to my advantage because if I beat him at the line, I, I feel very few, if any, can run with me. Release packages, bro. Lack of 2022. In five years. Now, wait a minute, because you can get some great moments through the pain of being a fan. I take you back to post-game Fiesta Bowl. That cat, J.D. Bertrand, gave us one of the best. He prepared us really well. He had us ready for the high tempo. He had us ready. Like, it wasn't schematically. It was a little the little details of we missed tackles. We didn't win the 50-50 balls. Those little details, and we need to make sure we do that better, and it's on us. And going into the next season, I just want to make sure I focus on the fundamentals, the little things like finishing leverage tackles, not going one for one for blocks, just every little detail, just being able to enhance it. And then just being able to take that next step in leadership and be able to help this team become the team that we want to become. Said it's not, it's, it's us. We're not that good. <laughs> JD didn't even take a shower. No. About this. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't the coaches. We did everything right. We just wasn't good enough today. 
He just wanted to get it off his chest. Like, man, I got to get this off my chest, man. Man, I look here. Them tackles I miss, I have to talk about them. Hey, halfway through the season, the light went on for J.D. Bertrand. That's you right. Know? So Notre Dame fans. After the uh, Cal game, when he gave us that heart attack. Oh, man. You got to laugh at that. Because that was, that was when we was trying to get Marcus Freeman's first win. And it was so hard against Cal, who was below 500 at home. We was at home. And we took it down to the last drive where we almost gave it to him on the last play. If we would have lost that game after losing Marshall, Mark, I'm talking about Marcus Freeman was sweating on the sideline, like, please end this game. I was wild. I was wild. I was wild. So, LL Nation, what's your funny moment? What was your moment this year, this past year, where you were able to laugh at your team? Just laugh through the pain or <laughs> whatever emotion you were feeling dealing with at that time. Lucky Lucky Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown via CFB Nation, all of our great content. Leave us five stars. Leave your comments. We respond to all. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast, home of the misguided passion. You already know we spin it different. I think I laughed at that cow game, like the entire the first two series. Yeah, oh yeah. I was just like, "You got to be kidding me!" Pure comedy show. The it's pick crazy. six. Oh, definitely the pick six in the fourth quarter against Marshall. <laughs> really. That's what we doing at home. Really, we gonna have really because that's when it hit. Like we're really about to lose the Marshall, dude. They gave their head coach a Gatorade bath in week two. <laughs> David Shaw laughing at us. Man, <laughs> on his way out, <laughs> he knew he was retiring. He said, "I got y'all. I got out of here." <laughs> in a in an embarrassing fashion, I get y'all <laughs> twelve yeah. months old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay Henry said he laughed when Navy started coming back and was putting up points. It yeah, Sports Center top ten play. No, took the Sports Center number one top ten play. <laughs> Brady, they even tap it in. He says, "I had to learn, laugh, watch it." 2007 Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's, yo, I got Andre Neely's. This is a fair question, love. This is a fair question. Do you count? He said, if it was no Ravens, Browns would have a title. Do you count Baltimore championships, the two Super Bowl wins, as Cleveland Brown championships? That is the original organization, love. No. That's Art Modell. You don't count it, love? One man doesn't make a whole situation. It's the spirit in Cleveland. That's why we left Baltimore. (laughs) Ryan Loftus, thanks for tapping in. You know what? I did laugh in this moment. I did laugh in this moment. Oh, yeah. 6-6 against South Carolina was the worst, though. We could have blown them out for real. I laughed at that moment. 
I didn't laugh because of Tyler. I was laughing because I was trying to keep myself calm. Because <laughs> I'm like, what is Tommy Reese doing? What What are we doing? We just literally ran the ball down their throats. Big runs. And we're, we're, we're passing the ball for what? Like, you can't make – I'm like, we can't make this up. You just – you can't make this up. You can't make this up. Maybe it is like the Cowboys. Like, everything can be going perfect, but you already know. You Something all... can and will go wrong. Andre Neely makes a good point, Left The Cleveland Browns did it. Look, that's a tough question, bro. Am I supposed to say no since they're the Arlington Heights Bears now? Am I supposed to not take any championships in the future? Mm. I'm just asking, love, lucky, lucky podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Tough question. Can I ask you a tough question? Yeah. Can Notre Dame realistically win multiple championships without something drastically changing? Whether it's NIL, support more resources in recruiting, more resources on campus. Can Notre Dame win multiple championships in the future? without something changing until we get Kenny Minchie to be the generational quarterback we want him to be it's not much you can do because there's a ceiling to how good the administration wants them to be Mm. they believe in under-promising, over-serving. And when you in a model like that, only spectacular feats can get you over the hump because you just won't ever be supported when you under-promising things. 
when LeBron went to Miami and said, we're not going to win one, we're going to win two, three, four, five, and gave him three, it wasn't good enough. Or two, wasn't good enough. I was about to say, I was about to correct you, but you corrected yourself. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. So <laughs> I do think that Notre Dame just believes in the good stewardship of under-promising, over-serving, which isn't bad. But when you're trying to win expectations and have expectations of championship, they can't be third and fourth on your list. So until we believe we can win it from the administration as a priority, not as a on the to-do list, it's just going to be hard for Marcus Freeman unless he immaculately conceives or concepts a quarterback that's that's just perfect enough. I mean, he he's got to be in the within the restrictions of what he can have, but also generationally talented and want to be at Notre Dame. So with all that, he's got to deliver something of that level if he wants to get over the hump. Because other than that, you're not going to get the 25 stars. Mathematically, the way we doing things with no NIL and good stewardship, we'll never be able to obtain that many at one time. Never. I don't care if we oh, – unless we win – Three championships in a row. We would never be able to have on one Notre Dame team more than six five-stars at one time. Never. Never. So if that's the case, and the going rate for championships right now is at about 25 stars, unless you got a generational quarterback – just doing the math, you just not gonna make it. You'll get close. You'll get in like we have been, but that's the over delivering that Notre Dame likes as a business model. So they're good with making the playoffs every year because they'll fund that. But they're not gonna drop them extra dollars to get over that hump. They just not gonna happen. But Marcus Freeman will build a great resume, just like all coaches do, at Notre Dame, because Notre Dame is going to be at that 10-win ticket price. And as a coach, you stack up 20 wins in a couple seasons. As a position coach, they're going to think you, as we've seen, head coach of the Packers, head coach of Duke, head coach of uh, this university, head coach of college, you know, Head coach or assistant head coach or, you know, you up there. Head coach of Miami. Head coach of, you know, everything. So when you're in a, a, a doing the math, you know, the Notre Dame degree came in in some help for me in, in breaking down the bigger picture. We're not ever going to win one unless we get that quarterback, and we keep that staff intact from a coaching side. 
that's going to keep the recruiting at a consistent level and hopefully consistently long enough to attract a quarterback that can change life. Other than that, the way recruiting is, we're not ever going to get enough five stars to put Georgia in an intimidation factor going into the game. We'll never have Alabama intimidated going into the game. It'll be some, oh, man, we had the heroics from the quarterback and the all-star receiver. That's the storyline of Notre Dame wants to win a national championship currently. Now, in the playoff system, you know, enough shakes at it. We may get lucky and, and, and get a good path to the championship with the playoff system. We can we can finagle that, you know. If we start at five, we could really we can find our way there. But currently, it ain't gonna happen. We just will never get the recruits enough to to intimidate the other team. I think Ohio State intimidated Georgia enough because they knew that at the end of the day, they got a first round quarterback. One of the top, if not the top quarterback in the country. That means something. Not no fake media hype Max Dugan. They're not scared of that. But a legitimate number one pick of the draft against a team that's historically the best college football team ever type thing, you know. They had six touchdowns in the championship game. So... That's what can get you over the hump, a C.J. Stroud. Ohio State just got whooped by Michigan. Had nothing to, you know, had no business on the field with them. But when you got a generational player or a top number one pick, you're going to have a chance, an actual chance, when you have all the other pieces included. You know, so we'll have enough pieces to get in the playoffs, but until we get a life-changing quarterback like Robert Hainsey didn't have an idea. I know what it's going to take. He's like, man, I don't know. I know why. Ian Book's not a championship quarterback at at that era of when he was there because we had Trevor Lawrence. It's like why David Robinson didn't win more because of Michael Jordan. It was just, we was good. He's the winningest quarterback of all time, but he's not beating Trevor Lawrence. Let's just That's the difference between us playing the Clemson with DJ Uangale and then playing the Clemson Tigers with Trevor. It was a totally different game from one guy. And we had first-rounders. They had first-rounders. But one guy made it a totally different outcome. Uh, we didn't even think we was finna win that game after the second half. It was sealed up. But when DJ was in there, it was like, oh, we it's a classic battle for the ages. Because it was two good teams. But when you put that Tiger back on Clemson's name, it ain't too, it, it's, it's bigger than just two good teams. It's the Clemson Tigers. And he made it look, one player made it look like that. That's why it takes a quarterback of, of a magnitude like that to get over a hump when we're not going to outmatch these championship teams if we get there because we won't have enough recruitment. A five-star talent. We just we're not gonna have a Nolan's like the difference was we'll get a Isaiah Fowski. That's a great recruit. But we ain't getting no Nolan Smith. 
So we going to we bringing to the to the party a nice hefty size, you know, party tray, cootery board. But Georgia bringing the wings and the buffalo dip. We we bringing the expensive cootery board. We got the got the salami and the three cheeses and the crack. But they bring in the wings from Wingstop. We know who gonna, you know, have a better outcome. So, for us, I think until we can find a way to finagle the administration in a in a, in a more attractive light, especially after going through this, because it don't get no better unless you. I mean, you know, we already pulled the hire the black man card, and that's great. That'll, that'll keep you afloat for a long time. But when it comes to winning, you gotta you gotta really throw some throw something in there. You know, you can't just keep throwing faces at it because we openly have seen what Nick Saban has said. He said, Look, I need more money, uh, alumni. <laughs> we got we gotta go to the gotta go what's your chase account? We gotta go to Chase real quick so he can deposit these Will Anderson's account money. Ohio State said it. It's what was it like? CJ was getting what three hundred thousand or something a, a year, deservingly so. But that's what it costs. Oh, you think we gonna give Tyler Buckner twenty five bucks? Guess what Tyler Buckner's gonna get? The nice stipend everybody else get. Them Notre Dame dollars. Go get you a nice burrito at Grace Cafe. We ain't give you no three three hundred dollars for what? You living in the dorms? Everything costs left. <laughs> you living in the doors. You don't need no three hundred thousand dollars. If if you think you're listening to radio and that one song you hear every hour, twice an hour, that's a hit. If you think just that's just because of artistic gifting, if you think that's just because the production is so tight, <laughs> ask anybody in the music business. They tell you there's a price to a hit song. It it takes minimum two hundred thousand dollars to make a song go. Minimum. I don't care how great the song is. Don't care a, how snappy it sounds, catchy it is. There's a cost to be the boss. There's a cost to be the boss. They just go together. And there's a cost to winning championships in 2023. There's a cost. Now, it's are just, you willing to pay it? And it's a real dollar value now. At least, yes, at least we know what the dollar value is. Yes. Yes. They tell you. Yes. Kirby done told you. Saber done told you. Ryan Day done told you. Who in the playoffs every year? Like, Alabama and college football world was kind of pissed. Alabama wasn't in it. They paid the, they like, how, how you pay the biggest ticket don't get into the party? How you don't get a table and you don't spend the most money in the club? People was kind of like, okay, I, I get it. You, you hot right now, but Alabama still, that's Alabama's invitational. You ain't gonna fight the they pay the money. So until we pay the money, we will always be in a position <laughs> where you like, dang, what is missing? The bag is missing. <laughs> the bag is the, the hefty lump sum. That's what's missing. Them accounts is missing. The you remember that? Yeah. 
And you know what makes Notre Dame fans so bad? You remember the episode of Martin? <laughs> you remember the episode of Martin when the cat's landlord cut his heat off? And Martin was like, man, I'm not paying the extra five. I'm not paying the extra five. And he had everybody thinking that his rent went up $500. <laughs> and finally the landlord comes up. And he said, I cannot do the extra five, my friend. <laughs> he said, well, how about three? So how about two? So you got a deal. <laughs> Everybody's like, finally, you're about to get some heat. Finally, you're about to get some heat. And they're like, man, $200 is still a steep price. $200? We're talking about $5. And everybody just went crazy. $5? That's why Notre Dame fans are mad. But you, step, you got the bag, and you're acting like you want to make a scene. Oh, Marcus Freeman up there like, yeah, five. Five, I mean, two. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. You had the $5 in your pocket the whole time. The bag is there. Notre Dame fans know the bag is there. <laughs> and they're still up. They're like, oh, my God. The bag <laughs> is right there. The bag is right there. They're like, well, we can negotiate. You know, I mean, we don't have to pay the full price. Why? <laughs> Everything it can't, it's got to be at a discount for y'all. That's why we oh, believe man. in this stewardship because we believe divine inspiration is going to give us a championship. The good, good stewardship, the Lord is going to bless us because we have figured. That if we just negotiate enough, frugal enough, that if we pull it off, see, that's where we become Browns fans. Don't let us pull it off on a bargain. Don't let us pull it off on a bargain. Because we would never go back then. Winning on a bargain might be the worst thing to ever happen. The worst thing that It might be the worst thing to ever happen. We might go 50 years without a championship. <laughs> <laughs> so Kenny Mitchell oh, becomes man. the savior and pulls off just one. Marcus Freeman should retire from Notre Dame, get a statue, and move on. Kenny Mitchell should go to the league right that year because that would be the worst, best thing for Notre Dame ever. We wouldn't win one for 100 years after that. Because the price is only going to go up. And no one's going to be like, why Why go up? We just pulled it off on a bargain. With a, with a, with a four-star Kenny Minchie that nobody believed in, you know. See? <laughs> Lucky Lucky Podcast. <laughs> Apple Podcast, Spotify. <laughs> Home of the Misguided Passion. We... Spin it different. Don't believe us. You can hear it from one of your own because he said it. We'll <laughs> talk about it next. Lucky, lucky podcast.